You're listening to the CPR of Life podcast, a show about creating community through connection, awakening potential, and uncovering the resilience of the human spirit through an understanding of state of mind. It's about living a life well-lived and uncovering what often gets in the way. Welcome to 2019. I hope your year is off to a great start. I think my conversation today with Danielle Lithwick is a wonderful way to start the new year. Danielle is a certified personal trainer and certified intuitive eating counselor in Ottawa, Ontario. She has a coaching practice, Move Out of Madness. She also provides home-based fitness coaching and intuitive eating coaching services, both in person and online. I met Danielle at a networking event, actually, and so much of what her message is resonated so well with what I share, an understanding that I share with my clients that I thought it would be nice to have a conversation with her. So I hope you enjoy this. I'm looking forward to it. Welcome, Danielle. I'm happy to have you with me today. Uh, Danielle is a certified personal trainer and a certified intuitive eating counselor. I've been looking forward to this conversation since I met you. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about you and what that is? Sure. Thanks, Jesse Lynn, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so my name is Danielle. I uh, have an in-home personal training business in Ottawa. I also uh, provide online personal training and online intuitive eating coaching. My approach might be a little bit different than what you think of with a personal trainer. Um, I take a a body positive and weight inclusive approach to health. So that means that I don't focus on weight loss or about trying to change your body uh, through fitness or or different dieting type of practices. Um, Instead, I focus on just helping people cultivate healthy habits no matter what their size or shape. Um, Because essentially, you can still be healthy and happy at any any size uh, or weight. So yeah, that's what I do. You find people like when, when you tell people that, that people kind of like, do they struggle with that concept a little bit when you're like, I don't, you know, it's, it's being about being comfortable in your body versus changing your body. Yes, for sure. Uh, I do get some, uh, some blank stares or some, uh, (laughs) people wondering like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? You're a personal trainer, uh, and you know, health coach and you're not going to help me lose weight. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) no, I I definitely do. And, you know, and I don't, I don't judge people for, for having a weight loss goal or wanting that it is just so normal um, these days and so common to, to want that. And the thing is, it's not that I'm against weight loss per se. It's just that I don't want to enable sort of dieting or any sort of unhealthy, obsessive or rigid behaviors around food or exercise um, that usually just end up in short-term sort of weight loss, but don't actually give people real tools for sort of sustainable health and well-being. Um, So that's kind of what I try to explain to people is... Like, look, it's not that like you, you might lose weight if you start exercising or change sort of some of your eating habits, but you also might not. And I can't guarantee that because the research shows that I can't guarantee that in the long run. Mm. Um, so instead, it's just like, if, you know, instead of focusing on, well, I'm only going to exercise to lose weight or I'm only going to change the way I eat to lose weight. 
um, because I just, you know, because you can't control that really, you can't know for sure that, okay, if I do this, I'm going to definitely lose, you know, X amount of pounds. Um, why not just focus on all the other amazing benefits you can get from exercise and incorporating healthier habits in your life, you know, the mental health aspects of it and, and physical health aspects. Um, so I really just try to encourage people to focus on the other benefits of changing, you know, your, your health habits in your life because weight loss is just kind of a futile, can be a a pretty futile, um, goal to have. Yeah, I think, I mean, and that makes so much sense to me. And that's why I loved when I met you that that's, you know, when you were talking about that, I think that does, those messages are so important and not just messages, but the approach is fabulous because you should be exercising because it's good for your health versus exercising because you have a specific goal in mind. Cause then what happens when you reach that goal, do you stop, you know, and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I'm all about helping people learn how to cultivate these habits for life, you know, not just, Hey, can you do this for a month or two months? Mm -hmm. Um, I want people to be able to maintain these, these fitness and health habits for life. Um, and so usually that means, you know, just not taking any sort of extreme approaches at all. Um, and really helping people, um, basically, yeah, adapt their, their life to, to, um, their longer term fitness goals for sure. So Danielle, when you talk about what do you mean by a certified like intuitive eating? What does intuitive eating mean? Yeah, good question. Um, (laughs) So uh, intuitive eating is actually a a model, a research-based model um, of health that was developed by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. And they have a book called Intuitive Eating, um, and there's other products and stuff by now. But um, essentially, so I am certified by them to help other people uh, go through the intuitive eating journey. Um, and it, what intuitive eating is, so it's essentially a really, it's a truly holistic model of health in that it incorporates, you know, food, nutrition, uh, as well as mental and emotional health and, and your, and physical health. Um, and really it's to help people tune into their hunger and fullness cues, as well as, um, to be able to eat foods in a satisfying and nourishing way, um, not only physically, but also mentally, um, and to be able to really eat all foods without the guilt and shame that sort of dieting culture instills in most of us. There's 10 principles of intuitive eating. I don't know if you want me to go through each of them a little bit, um, <laughs> but uh, that is definitely a huge part of, of the model. So there's kind of different systems in place to help guide people through it. So the 10 principles, are they like sort of the guidelines for, you know, the journey? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, uh, you know, intuitive eating, it's not about any sort of rigid rules, um, but they do have what they call the 10 principles of intuitive eating. Do you want me to go through a bit? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So the first one is rejecting the diet mentality. So, I mean, the whole premise of intuitive eating basically falls on the the research and the facts out there that dieting just doesn't actually work in the long run. So, you know, you can find lots of studies and research studies saying that certain diets work for six months, maybe up to a year. 
even then it's usually just a small amount of weight loss. But then after a year, two years, uh, and even up to like five years, it's just, there's no research showing that diets actually, that people sustain the weight loss in the long run. You know, there can be, when people go on diets, they feel like, and then if they sort of break the diet, right, they feel like it's their fault. And there can be a lot of shame around that. And then they just think, oh, I have to try the next diet, right? And so this this diet mentality is this idea that, you know, diets will sort of fix me or that um, I, I have to be thin to be happy, right? And so the first principle rejecting the diet mentality is understanding that, no, you know, you don't have to be thin to be happy. Um, that diets, that you're not failing, it's the diets that are failing you, right? Because that's what the research shows. Um, so that first principle, I mean, and again, that's like, as you said, like, that's very hard to grasp <laughs> for some people for sure. And it's not something to just get overnight, but it's definitely a huge premise of, of intuitive eating. So, so that's the first principle. The second principle is honoring your hunger. So this is kind of the first step of getting in touch with what is your body actually telling you to do, right? What do you actually need? And unfortunately, with, with dieting and calorie counting or meal plans, um, people kind of tune out to what they actually um, what, what they actually need. And they're used to just sort of ignoring their hunger, right? And that can cause a whole bunch of negative effects, you know, from just overeating later on and just completely tuning out of what your body is telling you. So honoring your hunger is about how to tune into you know, your hunger before you're like really, really hungry. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's about respecting your body. Essentially. It's like respecting that, Hey, we actually, we need calories just to survive. Right. We need to eat. This is important. And so it's understanding how to, to tune into your hunger and respect it. Um, the third principle is called make peace with food. And this one is, is also sort of a, a one that a lot of people get, um, sort of stuck with or have trouble with and can take a little bit longer sometimes to, uh, to, to get good at. Um, but basically it's giving yourself the unconditional permission to, to eat all food. So this includes what we think of as sort of, you know, quote unquote junk foods or unhealthy foods, um, or, or sort of any foods, right. And in our sort of health obsessed world, this can definitely feel uh, very challenging and being like, what? You mean I can have cake and you can eat and the donut? Cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and again, you know, there's, there's definitely like strategies to go through this, like, you know, yeah. So, so this is definitely a tough one for some people, especially if you're used to restricting yourself all the time and saying, I can't have this because it's, quote unquote, bad for me, or I've, you know, um, so, but the, you know, and again, this principle is basically, well, it's, it's about the fact that when we, when we mentally restrict or physically restrict certain foods, we actually want them more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then we, you know, and then we usually end up even eating more of them than we even wanted. Um, so, you know, when people talk about having like cravings or kind of binge eating, um, often it's, it's because of either restricting food, like restricting too many calories. So kind of going back to that second principle, honoring your hunger, um, or they've mentally like been restricting food. 
So the idea isn't that, okay, you're just going to, you know, eat donuts for the rest of your life. It's just that it's getting comfortable with the idea that you can have a donut whenever you want. You know, this isn't just about, oh, I've been, you know, good today. I can have a donut. It's like, no, you know what? There's no morality about food, right? There's no, it's getting out of that sort of black and white or good and bad idea about food. Um, That basically all food is neutral, right? Mm -hmm what you eat doesn't define your moral value as a person, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's very sense? similar to the, well, it's, it's very similar to like the approach that, that I kind of coach from. And that's the same thing. Thoughts are neutral. We kind of, there's so much that we attach a meaning to. And I, when you were saying that, I think I like when we chatted before I said to you that I remember somebody saying something about, um, I think I had a Twix bar. I had mm-hmm. this picture. It was an Instagram post and one of the things was is that if my son was eating a Twix bar, he would be eating a Twix bar and being so excited about it, whereas I would be eating guilt. Mm. You know? And the Twix bar hasn't changed. It's the story that we've attached to it. That's that's the you know, that's the difference in mm-hmm. the level of enjoyment. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. And exactly. And, and why this principle is very, can be challenging for people is because they have so many ideas and thoughts and rules about certain foods um, because of diet culture, right? Because of what we've been fed for years and years, whether, you know, it could be messages from our family, it could be messages from the media, from our friends, um, even just from like, from health magazines, even, right? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's super common just for people to have all sorts of feelings and thoughts about food for sure. Um, that can affect how they feel when they eat it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess, yeah. So the fourth, um, principle is called challenging the food police <laughs> and, um, essentially that the food police in intuitive eating just basically means those negative and restrictive thoughts around food. So the food police are all those, those, the inner critic in your mind about food. So, uh, you know, you could think of it as sort of the distorted thoughts about food, uh, or cognitions about food. Um, they've just labeled it as the food police. So, um, so this is really just about understanding that that thought you have, for example, about the Twix bar is just a thought. Um, Mm -hmm you know, that you don't have to believe it. It's not necessarily true. <laughs> well, thoughts are made up, you know, and that's well, the thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and understanding the connection between having a thought and then how that can create certain feelings, right, mm-hmm. about something. So if that thought about the chick bar is, I'm bad for eating this or, or it's bad for me, therefore I'm bad, maybe, right? This can, yeah. that can happen. And then you feel bad, you feel guilty. Um, And then, you know, the outcome of that is either you eat it and feel worse about yourself or you don't eat it, but uh, feel sort of maybe cravings for it or lingering thoughts about it, right? So so depending on what your thoughts are and your feelings, that could change, you know, what your behavior is for food. So yeah, a big part of that principle is just understanding the connection between the thoughts you have about food and how that actually can affect your behaviors and feelings about food. So if you can challenge the thoughts, right? If you were to say to yourself instead, you know what? 
I can have this to expire anytime I want. It's not good or bad. It's just food. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think that would change how you feel about it and kind of how you, your behavior around it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I know it's not easy to just suddenly tell yourself that and believe it, <laughs> but the more that you practice it, the easier it does get to actually start believing those things, right? And also knowing that if you just have that to expire and you say to yourself, you know what, it's okay. I'm still a good person. This has nothing to do with my moral worth as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world hasn't ended by eating this Twix bar. I'm still okay. Yeah. You know? No, you know, but it's true, right? It's true. Yeah. But like, and then the more, so that's part of that, you know, making peace with food too, like understanding you can have this food that you were so scared of eating and you're still okay. And nothing has happened. Nothing bad has happened, you know? Um, so, but that takes practice. You actually need to practice these things, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of, to, to really start understanding and trusting that you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and then, so the fifth principle is uh, respecting your fullness. So uh, very much tied in with the second principle of um, respecting your hunger. So this is about tuning into your fullness signals sort of similar to hungry. Like sometimes people, they'll, they'll only eat when they're like super hungry, right? That in their mind, that's when they know they're hungry. Also with fullness, sometimes people don't know when to stop until they're just like too full or mm-hmm. too stuffed. Um, and so again, this is trying to find that sort of more comfortable fullness. Um, but it's not about turning it into a rule like, oh, I have to stop when I'm comfortably full or I'm not allowed to eat past fullness. Like, no, you know what? You can do that sometimes. It's okay. But generally, you know, if you're going to eat and feel physically uncomfortable, like you probably won't really like that all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a matter of tuning into that um, and, and respecting it and knowing that, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm good right now. Like, and again, if you know that, oh, I can have this cake tomorrow again or anytime I want, then you'll less likely kind of keep eating it even though you're already yeah. full, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So the sixth principle is called discover the satisfaction factor. So this is all about, you know, eating foods that you actually like to eat, <laughs> right? Like, so again, because of diet culture and all the rules that we might have in our head about what foods are healthy and you know good for quote unquote good for us and all those things we kind of sometimes forget like what do I actually like to eat like do I actually like the taste of the food that I'm eating right I mean you know sort of an easy example is like um like a lot of sort of diet type of foods, like let's say like rice cakes, you know, <laughs> mm. no, I mean, that's cool. If you really like rice cakes, like that's fine. But if you would rather just have a piece of bread and that would satisfy you more than having, you know, a rice cake, then go for the bread because yeah. that will mentally and physically satisfy you better. Um, mm. And then you're less likely kind of overdo it or keep thinking about food and have all the obsession about it because you actually ate what you wanted to eat versus going to some other, you know, diet food or, or tasteless kind of food that you just didn't actually want. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I don't know if, if you can relate to this or, or maybe some of your listeners would be able to relate to just, you know, uh, maybe you go to a restaurant and you think, oh, I should order, you know, the salad. <laughs> but then really you wanted like the lasagna. 
Mm-hmm. And so you order the salad and then you just, you leave feeling like not satisfied and you keep thinking about the lasagna or then you think about other foods that you want and you're just still thinking about food. Whereas if you had just ordered what you actually wanted, yeah. like the lasagna, for example, then you would be satisfied and you could enjoy, you know, the company at the restaurant and just kind of move on with your life. Right. (laughs) So, so, and again, it's not about like, if you truly want the salad, that's fine. Right. But it's just about tuning into, okay, what do I actually want? What would taste good to me right now? What kind of flavor do I want? That sort of thing. So it's just giving yourself permission again, to eat foods that you, that you want and feel like in that moment, you know, regardless of whatever rules you have in your head about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Principle number seven is honoring your feelings without using food. Now, again, this is like a huge topic. Emotional Uh, eating. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 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 Um, and I mean, we, we, you know, don't know how much we'll, we'll go into it, but I mean, essentially I'll just say like, you know, eating is definitely an emotional experience. Like we can enjoy food. Right. Um, the the times when it can become more more problematic is if maybe the only way that you that you know how to cope with your emotions is through using food you know um so it, you know which maybe means like maybe you're eating past you know fullness a lot maybe you're just not feeling physically great about it um you're just eating out of you're you're eating to kind of um to numb out or to to not deal with your feelings. Right. And there can be times when maybe that's okay to do that. You know, it can be sort of a coping mechanism and it's not always really the worst coping mechanism, but if it becomes more problematic, if it's something that you do all the time, if it's really taking away from, you know, happiness and and your life, then there can be ways to deal with your emotions without using food all the time. So so that's it's like using that. it like a band-aid sort of way. It's like a it's just like reaching yeah. for a drink, it's reaching for a piece of cake or whatever. Then it's it's kind of it's a band-aid for something that's it's a temporary fix. Yes, exactly, exactly. And like, you know, again, like there's nothing wrong, like and they talk about this in the book a lot, and, and I talk about this with people as well, because there's a lot of misconceptions about emotional eating. Like generally it's seen as like this really bad thing. Um, like, oh my gosh, I'm an emotional eater. I'm out of control. Like something's wrong with me. Right. But I tell people like nothing is wrong with you. It's okay. Like this again, and and there is, it's okay to have some, to look at food as some comfort, right? Like, you know, maybe you've had a long day, like you just want some comfort food or you're just like, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's more just, um, if it's, if it's something like I said, if it's sort of the only way that you're dealing with your emotions or coping with your emotions, if you think it's problematic in your life, right? If it's causing more stress to be emotionally eating, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, then that can be a reason to kind of look more into it for sure. And also, I'll add like often people think that they're emotionally eating, but really they're just hungry. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so again, this comes to like that second principle of just honoring your hunger. A lot of times, actually, when people just start eating more regularly and eating enough at every meal, they'll find that they'll less likely just have cravings and sort of those that uncontrollable feeling about food because they're just honoring like their body and their their caloric needs. Um, and so that can take a lot of the shame as well out of sort of emotional eating if you just start honoring your hunger. So that they, those can be interlinked for sure. 
the eighth so, principle. Can I just ask you a question about yeah, that? Of course, came up. Is is there? Do you think like there's a time when you're, say, for women and their like their cycles when they they tend to be like have a their appetites bigger, mm-hmm. um, times of year? Like, is are are there kind of are there variations in one in hunger? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, because I mean, again, like if, if let's say someone's following like a diet or a meal plan, they usually don't take into account that hunger can fluctuate depending on Mm -hmm. hormones or even just like your exercise level or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, and so you may think, well, I've eaten like the meal that's on my meal plan, but I'm still hungry. Then again, something's wrong with me. Right. So yeah, intuitive eating definitely encourages you to tune into your needs and your body and that might look different from another body right right Right. Um, yeah and of course yeah genetics uh hormonal yeah for sure i mean there's uh, usually uh, you know sort of before your cycle often that can your metabolism can actually increase too um so kind of having those increased cravings (laughs) of carbohydrates and stuff is not uncommon and and, you know, you can listen to that if you want, right? Like this is part of tuning into like, what does my body need right now? Maybe you need a little more food or a little more relaxation or, you know, so it's, yeah, you don't want to start thinking like, oh no, I can't because I'm eating more than normal. You know, like if you're physically... Yeah, we can say what normal is. Normal's well, made exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, uh, and like, I'm, I'm a, for example, I'm like five, eight, like I'm a taller person. So I might just eat more than a woman who is five, two, you know, maybe like, maybe not, I don't know, but it's just generally like your genetics, your, your activity level. Um, also, uh, once people kind of start honoring their hunger more, they might actually feel like they're hungrier <laughs> and they may be like, Oh my gosh, like I'm really hungry because they're just actually tuning into their body more and listening to it. And it might feel a little scary. Um, but the more that you can actually, uh, honor that hunger, then you will build that trust and your body will be like, oh, okay, so you're feeding me regularly. Now you're feeding me enough. Like it's okay now, right? Like you can start to trust that you'll be okay. Uh, So yeah, does that answer your question a little bit? Yeah, yeah, no, I was just curious, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes like, um, for example, when you're stressed out, your body actually, if if you're under a lot of stress, you, you might actually be less hungry and not even realize it. So, you know, let's say you have a stressful week or something and you just sort of ate a little less without even realizing it. And then once you start to relax a bit more, you may notice, oh my gosh, I'm really hungry. And you may feel like, wow, I could eat so much, right? And that's just your body catching up from not eating enough during the week, for example. Um, So yeah, if if sometimes you're feeling like, why am I so hungry? Like maybe ask yourself what else has been going on or have you been honoring your hunger enough? See, Um, I'm bad for that eating. Like today I have like literally calls back to back from you know, for the whole day. And so, and I don't schedule time in there to eat. (laughs) Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, that's very, exactly. No, for sure. And this is, I mean, this is very common. People are busy all day and they think, oh, you know, no big deal. I'll just, you know, suppress my hunger, who cares, whatever. And then they go home and they want to eat like the whole fridge. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then they wonder why, like, this is what this sort of, this is what bothers me the most. And I can totally relate to because I used to do it myself. Um, but is, is that 
they'll go home and wonder why they're so hungry and feel out of control and then blame themselves and feel bad about it later. Mm. But really this is not their fault. Like you just, if you just ate a bit more during the day, yeah. like probably be okay. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes, yeah. like, again, there could be more stuff going on, but like generally it's, yeah, people are not honoring their hunger or taking time to eat enough during the day. It's really sure. part of your self care, you know, like taking yeah. care of yourself. It's part of that. And, and that's taking care of basic things as well as more than basic, totally. definitely basic things. Yeah. Yes, you're exactly. And Yes. The, I mean, intuitive eating is all about really self-care. Um, and, and yeah, if you are constantly stressed out or your life is very chaotic or, you know, it might be really hard to, to, to practice some of the principles. So just starting with how can you take care of yourself better period. Right. So then you can start tuning into your body because if, yeah, if you're always stressed out or maybe, um, maybe you have an illness going on or something like that, like there are things that can, um, kind of get in the way, I guess, of tuning more into our body. Um, mm. So definitely, yeah, self-care is a huge, huge piece of this as well. Yeah. 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 So, okay, let's see the last. So the eighth principle is about respecting your body, actually. So again, this is about self-care. Now, you know, so the authors of Intuitive Eating purposely called it respect to your body as opposed to like love your body <laughs> because they... They understand that for many people, uh, women especially, it's hard to just to even fathom like what you mean love my body like no way you know there's just so many women struggle with negative body image and again feel like they always have to change their body either shrink it or change certain body parts or this or that um, so they start with okay you know what you don't have to love your body right now but can you start respecting it right. And that means things like honoring your hunger, but it also means like, can you be, can you be comfortable in your body right now? Even if you still don't feel hundred percent, you know, happy with it or love it, can you at least make yourself comfortable and treat it with respect? So things like, can you at least wear comfortable clothing, right? If you try to get into your you know, jeans from 20 years ago in high school. <laughs> With a you, zipper. Yeah. Like, the hanger. Exactly. Like if you, <laughs> exactly. Like, and, and women will commonly do this, right? Think, oh, I have to get back into my, you know, or, or pre-baby. Pre, I was just going to say that one. Pre-baby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, that is so huge. And look, I mean, I don't have children, so I cannot speak that experience. But I I definitely work with women who find it very challenging to accept the changes, I guess, that their body does go through. Um, And uh, yeah, and and again, the messages are just like, oh, you have to get your pre-baby body back and all this stuff. And there's so many pressures out there. Um, so, I mean, and even just small things like getting, like they talk about this in the book, like just, you know, is your, is your like underwear comfortable, right? Because again, if all day you're feeling sort of restricted in some way, like physically uncomfortable, it's just this little reminder about, you know, about being uncomfortable or about something negative. Right. Um, so it's just getting comfortable. Another big one is, you know, stop weighing yourself. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or at least like if you do it a lot, like try to decrease it because generally it's, it usually feeds into negative body image. Mm -hmm. Um, 
stepping on the scale every day or, or frequently. Um, it's definitely something that I recommend to a lot of women that I work with uh, when they're trying to, to learn how to respect their body and accept their body as it is. Because, yeah, yeah, so that, that's definitely a big one. Um, and there's other strategies with that as well. You know, essentially, like if you feel like you need to change, if if you feel like you you need to change your body, then you're essentially sort of still caught up in in that diet mentality a little bit, right? Thinking like, well, I'm only worthy if I'm a certain size, or you know, my life will be better when I'm thinner. And, and that's like a mindset mentality of the yeah. fact that I'm you're lacking, so you're not enough as you are. Like I'm not, yeah. if I'm not this enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not this enough. And it is, it's a mindset and it's such a, there's such a shift that takes place when people can see that and tap into that. There's such a wisdom there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'll ask women sometimes, is there anything right now that you're holding back from just because of the size of your body, how you feel about your body right now? And I'll, oh yeah, I don't do this. I, I mean, I've even heard things like, uh, you know, well, I don't go to the gym because I, I don't, yeah. I'm afraid of people saying things or thinking things, right. There's a lot of insecurity, which is just, it's, I, I get it. I, I understand. It's just, it's very sad to me. Right. And so even just one small thing can be like, okay, is there, or maybe it's like, oh, I, I'm not dating because I want to be thinner first yeah. or something like that or they're not pursuing a new job or any, you know, any of those things that could actually bring them real happiness and satisfaction. Mm-hmm. They're only back from because of their thoughts and feelings around their body. So, uh, you know, I usually, I really try to encourage people like just do the things that you want to do regardless of your body's eyes. Anyway, you know, don't, when, don't, if, you know, if only, and that's, those are like words where it's just like taking you, out of like where you are and looking like elsewhere like and it's just like just comfortable in your own skin is so huge yes and you know even even for for women that I've worked with who have let's say been their quote-unquote ideal body size or, or shape or weight um when I, you know, when I ask them, well, were you truly happy or, um, and they may say, well, yes, you know, but usually it's because of other things going on in their life. Like their relationship was good or their job was good. Um, but they, you know, to maintain what they think is their ideal body weight, um, usually involve very obsessive exercise and eating behaviors. And, and they were essentially sort of trapped in that to maintain that ideal body weight. So it's like, even if you, even if you go down or, or if you, even if you think you had that ideal body, you would probably still be caught up in trying to maintain it, you know? So it's sort of like, it's sort of, it's like sort of a lose, lose, I guess, if you keep thinking, well, I, I, I have to be this size to be happy. Cause even if you were that size, then you're just going to, you're going to worry about, you know, you have to worry about maintaining it, I guess. So, um, well, there's just so, kind of, yeah, yeah, like it's, 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 where does that, where does the concept of ideal come from? Because, oh, yeah, you know, somebody's, there's a great quote that says, don't, um, don't compare your insides to somebody else's outside. Mm. And it's like this whole thing of like, who's to say what ideal is, you know? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's just it. And that, and yeah, exactly. And you're, you know, and, and usually, unfortunately, what people think is the ideal body size or weight is usually, you know, not, not a sustainable weight to sort of maintain in any healthy way. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, respecting your body, definitely very, very important in that process. And Mm -hmm. usually when I work with people, we'll work on body image, um, stuff as well, alongside sort of looking at the eating as well, you know, because it really is all tied in. Um, And then the ninth principle is about exercise, actually. And basically, it's, it's emphasizing to to exercise and to incorporate some fitness and movement into your life, but in a joyful way, you know, and in a way that and, and to have the purpose, like, which is what I teach in my personal training, uh, coaching is, you know, to exercise, to feel good, right. To feel good in your body, to feel good in your yeah. joints, to get stronger, maybe, um, just to have more overall, better fitness for your overall activities. Right. And again, the research will show that you can be fit and healthy and be quote unquote, you know, in a higher weight category. So being healthy and fit is actually not necessarily related to your body size, Mm. um, which is again, why, you know, you can be very, let's say thin uh, and not be healthy. I was just going to say, yeah, exactly. So it kind of, it it goes all over the place and that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so again, when people look at me like what, you don't focus on weight loss. Like that's the kind of, that's what I'll talk about too is like, well, again, like if you actually, if you add more exercise into your life, like maybe you'll lose weight, like it's possible. And and maybe your body will change a little bit. Maybe you'll get more muscle, that sort of thing. But it's not a guarantee necessarily either. Right. So it depends on your body, but you can, but what is more um, likely is that you'll just, you'll get healthier. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of just like cardiovascular health and heart disease and that kind of stuff. So, um, which, and even, and mental health, I mean, it's huge too with exercise. Um, so it's really looking at the, the real purpose of exercise, which is for your, your mental and physical health, not about weight loss. Um, and then the last and final one, <laughs> um, they call it gentle nutrition. And what this means is that, well, it, it's it's acknowledging that nutrition does have a place in eating, right? Mm-hmm. So again, it's not like intuitive eating. It's sort of like the junk food diet where like, yeah. you're not just, it's not about, oh, just eating donuts all day. Um, <laughs> it, there is a place for understanding that, you know, whole foods and having your fruits and vegetables and carbohydrates and fats and proteins and, and understanding that a nice balance of that is definitely health healthful, but again, but it's, it's looking at that overall pattern of eating, right? It's Mm -hmm. not about, Oh, this one meal is going to affect your weight or, or anything like that. Um, or even your health. Like if you don't have many vegetables one day, like it's okay. (laughs) Um, you know, it's looking at that overall eating pattern. Um, and, and also that part of, part of a healthful diet is also being able to incorporate the donuts and the cake Mm -hmm. if you want, or whatever foods that, you know, that you enjoy as well. So, um, and there, you know, one reason they put it as sort of the last principle is just because they, 
they try to discourage people from focusing on the nutrition part right away with intuitive eating um, because nutrition can be turned into rigid rules pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of diets these days, even though they're often not called diets, or they'll call it like, you know, healthy health healthy diets or wellness diets and that sort of thing um i mean anything that basically tells you you need to cut out certain food groups like whole food groups um i'd say is an is an actual diet and is not necessarily a healthful way of eating so intuitive eating does not encourage cutting out any sort of whole food group or anything like that they really promote like a balanced moderate um diet and there's no specific you know oh you have to eat there's no specific numbers about the nutrition part. Moderation, I'm sure, is something. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, that's something I usually. I mean, a lot of a lot of my clients are already like they they know like all about nutrition already <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because because it's so you know this is this is all around us right it's all about being healthy and healthy eating, I guess, you know, quote unquote, healthy eating. I say that in quotations because again, often what is promoted as healthy eating is actually very restrictive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yes, there's a place for understanding, you know, whole foods and, and that maybe, you know, drinking soft drinks is not always great to do all the time. Right. Like that, that, that there can be maybe some negative health effects, but it's the obsessiveness and the rigidity around being healthy that is problematic, I guess. So, or can be problematic. Is yeah. there, um, I remember a couple of years ago, I was following an eating plan. I think it was actually called the plan. And part of that was kind of testing foods and seeing what kind of in your body, what, what felt good, you know, mm. and, um, what your body reacted to like there's certain foods where maybe your body would react to it more than other foods and it was mm-hmm. interesting to me but all of this to me speaks to intuitive eating is in like following your intuition following this mm-hmm. wisdom this innate wisdom that we have inside you know it's it's and people like the diet industry is huge like it's it's such a multi-billion dollar industry yeah. And it's, it's, it's looking outside for yeah. answers instead of pointing, kind of directing inward and looking. And that's what I'm hearing from this is it's very much looking inward and, and, and yes. attention to your own wisdom. Well, exactly. And if diets actually worked, then there wouldn't be, a, you know, I think it's like, I heard one statistic, like $66 billion industry, something like that, but it's huge. Like you said, and if they actually work, then there wouldn't be repeat customers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, and again, that that's probably the thing that definitely angers me the most is that people put the blame back on them uh, and think yeah. that something's wrong with them, but really it's that the diets actually don't really don't, don't work um, and can actually cause more harm, you know, in the long run. Sometimes people gain even more weight um, and then, and also that psychological harm, right. Sometimes can lead to more disordered eating. So um, so yeah, intuitive eating is really about like you are your own expert in eating and and the choices you make around food uh, and that there's no right or wrong choices. This is important to you and what feels good for you, right? Um, 
So how did you get into doing this yourself, Danielle? Because it's interesting. It's, it's, it's an interesting approach that's not the norm for a lot of approaches to um, healthy eating. Well, yeah. So before I was a trainer, um, I actually worked as a mental health and addiction counselor. So mm-hmm. my background is in mental health. Um, and I also have my own personal story of uh, eating disorder recovery. So um, I went through anorexia, bulimia, and and orthorexia, which is essentially like being obsessed with healthy food. <laughs> um, and probably pretty early on, actually, in my eating disorder struggles, I did come come across the book of intuitive eating. But at the time, I thought like, no way, like, no way could I do this, like give myself permission to eat all foods or, you know, I knew on an intellectual level, I understood it. But I was like, no, no, this can't be me. Like, no, I I can't do that. Like, that's wrong. Right. Because I was I was very um, obsessed with healthy eating, I guess, for a long time. I probably would not have even called it a diet. I, I would have thought, no, I'm not against I mean, I'm not dieting like I'm just eating really healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very, very, very rigid. Uh, and it, and it definitely caused a whole bunch of eating disorder behaviors and patterns. So, so I came across the book a long time ago. Um, but I guess I didn't really start implementing the principles, uh, until like later on. Um, and I, I mean, to be honest, I didn't do it in any sort of systematic way, but my own recovery was a combination of doing, of going through some of the intuitive eating principles as well as other things, you know, therapy and and other things as well. But um, it was definitely just one of the the resources that I had. Um, Now, I mean, the people I work with don't necessarily have eating disorders. It's often women who have been... um, chronically dieting maybe their whole lives or kind of been in that yo-yo dieting cycle um, as well. But it's really just a, you know, eating disorders is really just a more extreme, <clears throat> extreme case of, of dieting essentially. So yeah. yeah. With a label to attached to it. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes those labels don't really matter. I mean, really it's like, are your eating behaviors interfering in your life in a negative way and causing yeah. stress? Um, you know, and I, and I'd say that, you know, in a way our whole culture is a bit eating disordered, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think you, it's definitely the whole dieting uh, industry is, is sort of creating this uh, very, yeah, disordered eating, uh, behaviors around. So, um, so, you know, intuitive eating, I mean, um, if someone has like serious eating disorders, I would definitely recommend like having a medical team behind them as well. Um, but it can be helpful for the, for eating disorder recovery. Um, but yeah, generally w- the people I'm dealing with are more, more in the, uh, disordered eating or, or, uh, you know, getting out of obsessive dieting behaviors. Do you prime, is it primarily women who are your customers or both? Do you have a good balance of both or it depends on the time, day, year? Yeah. <laughs> <Month>, year. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, yeah, personal training clients, I, there have been some male clients, but, uh, for intuitive eating and, and, and still generally personal training, it is, it is females generally. Um, but you know, it is, I'd say males still, you know, do struggle with negative body image and, uh, and definitely dieting behaviors as well, but, um, it is more prevalent among, among women. So yeah, most of my clients are women. 
So you offer, like you work online with clients and as well as in person. Mm-hmm. Do you have, what's coming up for you in 2019? So up until now, I've been doing um, this one-on-one coaching. Um, but I am hoping to start a in-person uh, intuitive eating group coaching uh, in Ottawa. So maybe down the road, I'll have one online. But for now, I'm going to start uh, an in-person group. And basically, it will be 12 weeks long. And we'll go through each principle of intuitive eating um, as a group. Um, all the participants will get the intuitive eating workbook <laughs> um, and uh, and lots of group support in between. So um, definitely stay tuned for all the details on that on my website. For sure. Um, I'll, I'll put a yeah. link to your website in the show notes for this. Mm-hmm. And you know, this has been a really interesting conversation for me. I was fascinated when I met you. Um, that uh, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to take the time and have a, a conversation that took this a little bit further. And I look forward to hearing more from you in the new year. Thank you so much. It was, it was a lot of fun to be here. So thank you, Jesse. It was a pleasure. So take care. Thank you so much. Thanks. What a fabulous conversation that was. I really like Danielle's message. And I think it's one that's so pertinent to everyone. I love the message about the intuitive eating. It's very much parallel to the message that I share with people about following your innate wisdom. I really liked the discussion about respecting your body. And, you know, it's just gentle nutrition is balanced. Danielle wears many hats and I really admire what she's doing and the message that she's sharing with others. And I look forward to seeing what comes up in her programs in 2019. The information for getting in touch with her will be in the show notes. So that's it for our first episode of the new year. So until next time, be well, be inspired, be you. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll share this podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Jessie Lynn, please check out the contact page on her website, jessielynnmcdonald.com. Also, we'd be beyond grateful if you would leave us a review. Join us next time for another edition of the CPR of Life.